Hey Life Canton, Roger here, one of the directors. So glad that you're joining us, whether you've listened to us before or whether you just found us. I uh, just want to say welcome either way. Be sure to fill out a Connect card because that's going to be the best way for you to get plugged into this community. You can do that on the Life Church website or on the Church Center app. Either way, uh, be sure to fill that out. So if you've been listening to us for a well more than a couple weeks, uh, for the past eight weeks, you know we're in a series about Mark. Uh, this week we're having a special guest, our friend Marnie Roberts is going to give a wonderful message about uh, Jesus and walking with him and that how that can change our perspective on ourselves. So give that a listen and I'll catch up with you in just a few. Praise God, Jairo, you are enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, thank you for being enough. Thank you for being the great I am, and thank you for doing the things that you do. Father, we thank you for forgiving us, for forgiving us of our mess-ups and our sins. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We pray, Lord, that each heart will be touched, each word that is spoken will bring you glory and enhance the hearts of those who are listening. And Father, I pray that in all that we do, we give you the glory. In the sweet name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And if I have to do it by myself, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. You know, this is the day that he has made. And we just want to take time to celebrate this day because we are celebrating our new elected pastor, Pastor Jared. And we are overjoyed and excited to see him bring a new light to the church. Uh, The Holy Spirit is moving, and we praise God that he is serving our community, and it is glorifying our precious Holy Spirit and the Lord. So um, I also want to thank the Pastoral Search Committee for all the hard work they did. Let's give them a round of applause. The leadership team and everybody who prayed. Amen. Amen for this moment. And to Danny and the children, we want to thank you in advance for your sacrifice. Amen? Okay, and thank you, Pastor Jared, for allowing me another opportunity to stand in front of the church, our family, our church members, our community, and share the Word of God. And today, I'm not throwing anything off the stage. Amen? So you're safe. Amen? I am Marnice Roberts. I am an enthusiastic partner here at Life Chanton. And I am excited to be here to all the visitors, everyone online, and to some people that I know. Thank you for being here to support. We sincerely thank you for coming because today is a good day. So make it a better day by serving Christ. Amen? Amen. This month, as Jared said, we are in the book of Mark. This is the shortest gospel. And Mark emphasizes Jesus' servanthood and miracles. We are in chapter 8, so get your Bibles out or pull them up. Chapter 8, verses 27 through 31 is going to be the focus scripture. And later on, I'm going to summarize a lot of what's in that chapter because we just don't have time to see and visit through each chapter. So Mark chapter 8, verses 27 through 31, and it reads, Jesus and his disciples went into a village near the town of Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, what do people say about me? The disciples answer, some say you are John the Baptist, 
or maybe Elijah. Others say that you are one of the prophets. Then Jesus asked, but who do you say I am? You are the Messiah, Peter answered or replied. Jesus warned the disciples not to tell anybody about him. He said, the nation's leaders and chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses will make the Son of Man suffer terribly. He will be rejected and killed, but three days later, he will rise to life. Amen? Amen. So this is the word of God for the people of God. I lived in three different states, Michigan, Flint, Georgia, Columbus, and Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. As a result of those three residents, I claim identities as a Flintstone, a Georgia peach, and a champion of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Unfortunately, I needed a driver's license in each one of those states. And to get a driver's license, I had to take a test. Test really test me. So this is a public service announcement for anyone who has to take a test, especially students. Yes, it is important to take a test, any test. But it is even more important to study for the entire test. Um, I flunked the driver's test in each state. <laughs> I flunked three states, three tests in three states. And with all that said, I'm going to test you today. Amen? In your seats, there were some index cards with some pens. need you to pick them up. And I need you to write down just one, just one question, an answer to one question. So the first question is, will you write one positive statement that describes who you are? Just one positive statement statement that describes who you are. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to shout it out loud. Just write it down. Five, four, three, two, one. Does everybody have one? Okay, very good. And somebody answered for everybody because y'all didn't say anything. But everyone needs at least one positive I am declaration in your heart. You can always make them an affirmation, but I su suggest you explore Bible-based declaration, which an affirmation is what I hope to be, whereas a declaration is rooted and watered and guarded by God, who is faithful and true. So basically, you have a scripture to back up what it is you want to do. So this morning, my affirmation or my declaration was, I am joyful. Today, Lord, I will seek joy and share joy, even if I'm not strong in my joy because I know, God, you are. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah 8.10, that's my statement followed up. I mean, my, that's my scripture followed up by the statement. So we want to live in a way that pleases God, but we want to back up what it is and who it is we want to be. So if you don't have an I am statement, talk to God. Amen? Question number two, does it matter to you what other people think about you? Yes or no? Does it matter to you what other people think about you? The second answer to this is kind of crazy, but it's yes and no. I have to admit that sometimes comments hurt and people don't really say nice things. And I can accept a rational evaluation. Someone might call it constructive criticism. But if it is rooted and reflected in truth, then I need to listen. 
I am often reflected on and reflecting on how I interact with others who are not like me, who don't look like me, who don't act like me, who don't believe like me. We are all different, uniquely designed by God himself. But as Christians, it is our responsibility to reflect God. Amen? Even when they're challenging. So I listen to their feedback of those mean-spirited people attacking my character with no facts, but it's hard to do. So I listen and I evaluate what they've said, and I ask, is this really going to reflect God? I also listen to the voice that my mother says, and she said, look, they talked about Jesus. Girl, you need to get over it and keep on moving on. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when we think and hear these things, think about what God would have us to think. Question number three, have you ever asked someone, who do you say I am? Yes or no? Have you ever asked someone, who do you say I am? I admit that that is something hard to subject ourselves to. But right now, I'm asking you to tell me, who do you say I am? Amen, girl. <laughs> you know, this is not a judgment. This is simply an observation. So I need everyone to participate. I want you to do this or this. Got it? This or this. So who do you say I am? Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I am joyful. I am royalty and stylish. I am always forgiving others. <laughs> how do you do in tell how did you do in telling me who I am? I appreciate you giving me the thumbs up and thumbs downs, but the truth is I can't see anybody out there. So you could have said whatever you wanted. But I recognize that it is God who truly knows me, especially the I am that was talking about always. Even God laughed at that one. I am convicted by that word always because it is so difficult to always do anything. But it is because of God we can get through things. Amen? Amen. So you completed the test. Give yourselves a round of applause. Good job. And I want to thank Sister Bridget for the I Am inspiration she did during the June 10th sermon last month. Amen? Well, let's talk about how we carry ourselves in public. Do your actions say, I am representing God? How different would the conversation be? If someone walked up to you today in the, um, in the um, entrance and said, hi, I'm new here. I'm not friendly. I'm a complainer. I'm stubborn, I'm a troublemaker, I'm always tired, I'm critical, I'm not productive, I'm a liar, I'm lazy, and I don't like people. And then with a fake smile, they said, so who made this coffee from your cafe? It's too rich and it's cold. By the way, I need a friend. You want to be my friend? What would you do? What would you do? That's a little uncomfortable, you say? To listen to someone respond, their I am's like that. But why is that? What person do you know who would speak those I am's out loud while trying to make friends, interview for a job, or going on a first date? 
I imagine the facial expressions would hide, that would hide in this conversation. And, you know, we don't want to judge, but guess what? People do. We need to rely on God's strength when we struggle. Jesus is not judging you. He wants to walk with you. So let's talk about Jesus and walking with us. Again, we're talking about Mark chapter 8. And because we can't cover everything, I'm going to summarize, okay? So don't get off here talking about, she didn't say this. No, I didn't. Amen? Amen. So Mark 8. I just want to give a quick summary of the chapter. Jesus feeds more than 4,000 men. The Pharisees doubt Jesus and demand a miraculous sign. The disciples misunderstand Jesus, so he revisits, he revisits two miracles relating to bread. Jesus lays his hands twice on a blind man, and he heals the blind man. Peter says Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus tells the disciples not to tell anybody about it. And then Jesus shares with the disciples that he must die. That's the book of Mark in two seconds, a little more. And when I reread and focus, something new always is revealed to me, always. Mark chapter 8 opens with Jesus feeding thousands of people. And Mark chapter 6 also talks about Jesus feeding thousands of people as well. I used to think they were the same story. It's paralleled, the parallel passages are in Matthew chapter 16 and Luke chapter 9. And it totally confused me. Growing up, I got mixed up. I combined the two stories. For years, my recollection was there was a little boy who had a lunch. The disciples took it. They gave the lunch to Jesus. He blessed it, told everybody to sit down. And he had two, bre- two loaves of, I mean, some loaves of fish and some uh, loaves of bread and some fish. There were 4,000, and then it grew to 5,000 hungry men. I never knew where the b- women and the children were. Always confused me. But Jesus told the disciple to go feed everybody. He did, and everybody was full, but they had some leftovers of the bread and the fish. But the problem was they couldn't have leftovers for the next day because they didn't have refrigeration. It wasn't until I got to college that I realized I had merged the two stories together. One might say, this is why it is important that we read every day. And the reason why this is important is because the miracles took place in two different locations, two different regions. The first region was 5,000 Jewish men. The second region was 4,000 Gentiles. Learn the Bible stories so it will help you to identify your identity. And that's why it is important to consistently read God's word. You're never too old to learn about God, and you're never too old to serve God and give him glory. John Harden and Deacon Larry Gates are two deacons who exemplify this behavior. And each time I review the stories in the Bible, I strive to discover something new and different. So the more I revisit it, the more I learn, the more I learn, the more I grow. So let's continue in the stories of verses 14 through 21. Again, this is a a summary. So the disciples had one loaf of bread in the boat with them. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus heard them talking about it, so he asked, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not remember what I did those other times? Do you still not understand? Do you not see? Do you not hear? Do you not remember 
what happened when I fed the 5,000 and the 4,000? How many baskets full of pieces were broken? How many did you pick up? The disciples said 12. He said, so what about when I fed the 4,000? How many large baskets of broken pieces did you pick up? And the disciples said seven. He was saying to them, and you still don't get it. Jesus presented miracles in front of the Jews and the Gentiles, believers and non-believers, his disciples. In total, there were 22 miracles recorded in the Gospel of Mark. There were 11 healing, six mind-blowing miracles, four exorcism, and one passage where Jesus raised someone from the dead. And in the preceding chapters, or the, the scriptures, things were happening all around the disciples. And one translation reads that Jesus said, uh, you remember these things I did, but you still don't understand. And yet another says, you don't know what I'm talking about now. And still another one reads, you still just don't get it. Think about what Jesus has done for us from the smallest things like helping you to find your keys, your glasses. And I believe everybody in here can say amen to finding that phone. When the Holy Spirit stops you right before you make that phone call that you had to get the last word in, or he stops you from posting that comment on Facebook. And then for the young people doing that TikTok thing, he stops you from putting that on TikTok. <laughs> Think about over the years when you hesitated to move, but God revealed and you were blessed. Jesus has demonstrated what he can do over and over again. Yet we are afraid to approach God and ask for help. Are we not understanding that God is the great I am? Do you think Jesus looks at us and says, but you still don't get it? No, no. The tone I hear from God is when you don't see him is when he says, I love you more than you can ever imagine, but you still don't get it. So whatever you're thinking, remember that Jesus is compassionate. He keeps walking with the disciples. He keeps talking with the disciples. He keeps walking with us. He keeps talking to us. And I have to admit that it took me a while to understand the importance of walking. Walking sounds like exercising to me. So when someone asks me about walking, I usually say, no, I don't walk. Um, I, don't like, I don't like walking because it slows me down. And if I'm going to run, I'm running from something or running from somebody. But I love walking with Byron because with him, walking slows me down. He slows me down. And as we walk, we see things we haven't seen or we haven't noticed while driving. Sometimes he holds my hand while we're walking. Y'all supposed to say, oh. <laughs> and, and then we talk without household distractions. We talk about work, our service in the community, our purpose, our friends, our family, our children. We talk about us. Walking together brings up memories. I get to cry. He brings me tissue. And then we laugh out loud. He still brings me tissue. And we ask and we ponder and we sometimes just answer questions that don't always need an answer.
As we walk together, we get to marvel at God through his creation, walking with open eyes, offering us new perspectives about us and about God. Slow down and walk with Jesus. In verse 22, as the disciples are continuing in their walk with Jesus, they encounter a blind man. Jesus heals the blind man in two stages. From a spiritual standpoint, it's Jesus who turns darkness into light. Can you imagine his appreciation as he identifies new things, looking out, seeing things clearer? No longer having to wonder what something looks like, clinging to new perspectives on life. Knowing Jesus and praising him for the healing that he just performed. Before, maybe the blind man would say, I am blind. But now he can say, I am healed. We don't know why Jesus did it in two stages, but we do know for certain that Jesus healed the man entirely. In seeing this, many people recognize that Jesus was no ordinary man. Good things happen when we seek Jesus and we walk with him. So finally, in verse 27 through 31, Jesus is on the road, still walking with his disciples. Let's go back to our three questions. And we're starting with the Mark 8, verse 27. Sometimes when you're doing these tests, you have to remember that we want to add scripture to them. You know, right now, they're going to be out of order, so for all my engineers, don't get mad. In verse 27, where they're walking as they are walking along, the question is, what do people say about me? Jesus is asking, what do people say, or who do people say I am? The declaration for that is, I am a workman for Christ. Ephesians 2.10 is the scripture that backs that up. So the question is, when they see me as a workman for Christ, are they saying, Marnice is a Christian? Or are they saying, Marnice is a Christian? We need to think about that when people talk about us. Now, going to number one, question number one. Does Jesus know who he is. Absolutely, yes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's John 14, 6. Your I am means something. And when you can't think of a positive I am, I want you to repeat when you are weak the declaration, I am a child of God. Galatians 3, 26. And finally, question number two. Is Jesus concerned about what people think of him? This is a trick question. Yes and no. No, he doesn't need any of anyone's approval. And then yes, he wants those who do not know him to repent and be saved. The question to ask yourself in the declaration is, am I glorifying God? Colossians 3, 23. Now, my little test It was no test for Jesus. He's talking with his disciples and walking with them and listening to them and encouraging them. Jesus wants to do the same for us. So verse 28, the disciples answer, some say you are John the Baptist and maybe Elijah. Others say you're one of the prophets. 
Think about all of the negative things the disciples could have said about Jesus, about what they knew others were saying about him, including his own family. But the moment that Jesus' disciples were sharing the positive portrayals of who he was, they thought about John and Elijah. Now, John and Elijah came in the same style, power, and authority, and with similar messages within the public eye. John was recognized by his activity, baptizer. John the Baptist was related to Jesus and baptized him. John the Baptist was the bold forerunner, preaching repentance of sin and pointing others to our Savior. And Elijah? Elijah was a full-time prophet who was prone to ups and downs, but God called Elijah a transformative leader and a dedicated servant of God. Both demonstrated great faith. The disciples were seeing John the Baptist and Elijah in Jesus and hoping for a political Messiah who would overthrow the corrupt powers and that were oppressing Israel. They were looking for a king in style and power and authority. Verse 29, then Jesus said, but who do you say I am? Jesus made it personal. And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. But how could Peter be certain the crowds had various opinions? Jesus, uh, the Jews, the Jewish authorities took different positions concerning Christ, and the disciples held their own chairs, beliefs, and hopes about Jesus. But now, It was time for the disciples to claim Jesus' identity for themselves. And yet, they really did not recognize him. They didn't know his true identity. But public opinion is one thing. But it is much more important that the disciples got it right. Jesus was clear. He knew who he was. He knew why he came. He knew where he came from. He knew who sent him. And it was the vital message that was being done that he had to do and accomplish it. In the book of John, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the resurrection. And as we get to the end of Mark chapter 8, verse 30, Jesus told the disciples, don't tell anyone who I am. In verse 31, Jesus says, he must die. Now, I'm sure when the disciples were listening to all this, they were confused and worried. And sometimes it takes a moment to recall God's blessings. And sometimes it takes years. God keeps blessing us even when we don't always see the blessing. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. Your I am is not limited to your work or your mistakes. I want to share a story about not defining your I am's by your work or your mistakes. But remember that you can always, always walk with Jesus. Before getting married, I worked at Davis Broadcasting Company in advertising sales, as an advertising salesperson in Columbus, Georgia. There were challenges and sometimes I didn't feel like I belonged. Coming from the north and being me, I was different. I was actually told by one of the restaurant owners that he didn't need me to come into his restaurant and he wasn't going to pay to get my kind of people into his restaurant. He grabbed my arm and escorted me out 
out of his place of business. And in my opinion, that was not Southern hospitality. But I went home, literally cried my eyes out, and regrouped. You see, I'm a fast learner. I have a strong work ethic. And I've never had a a problem finding or maintaining employment, even right out of college. Then marriage took me and Byron to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We rented an apartment, and we were totally alone. I was home alone when he went to work with a very small TV, no friends, no church, and a lot of time. Gas was cheap, and we only had one car. I hadn't flunked my driver's test yet, so it was all good. So I wanted to explore, discover the new locations with different shopping malls within, 30, within a 30-mile radius. Uh, but then I had to still look for some employment. I was job hunting, and this time it wasn't so easy. But remember, I was the top salesperson, but it seemed like it was such a long time ago. My prayers became desperate. Lord, please, I need a job, any job. I'll do anything, Lord, because the bills were piling up and I needed some release. You know, and I want to turn to my favorite thing to do, which is retail therapy. But Byron wanted relief from the bill collectors. You know, that's when they used to call you and tell you to pay your bills. Well, the Lord heard my plea and he landed me a job. Woo woo! All right. And guess what? It was at the Philadelphia Zoo. The zoo. Yep, yours truly. A top salesperson working at the zoo. Womp womp. But a fun fact. The Philadelphia Zoo was the first zoo in America. The zoo opened July 1st, 1874. You know, I had to prepare and do my research for that. Well, they didn't let me work with the animals. I was assigned to the president's office as his executive secretary. They also say, ooh, yes. Yeah, that's the top salesperson job. Well, uh, the problem was my spelling was terrible, my typing skills were slow, and even worse, I didn't know how to transcribe cassette tapes from a dictaphone. And it was 1990, so I was clueless about this thing they put on desks It was like a big screen, looked like a little TV. They called it a desktop computer. So naturally, I had a moment of desperation. So I ran to the restroom, cried my eyes out, and I told the Lord in the far bathroom stall to the right. So if you ever hear people crying, leave them alone. Lord, I am sorry. I am not trained. I am not capable. Please get me out of this. With serious prayer, courage, and a lot of bathroom brown paper towel to wipe my face, I walked out of the bathroom, and I said, ta-da! Took a a few deep breaths with my red nose and tears rolling down the right side of my face. I walked over to the woman who had been taking me through and explaining everything that I had to do, and I said, ma'am, I apologize. I don't know anything about this job. This position is important. I do not have the skills. Now, she looked at me, and she looked at the clock. It was still pretty early. So she tried to find me something basic to do so she can get somebody else. And she also wanted to give me a half a day's pay. So she took me to the copy room. Yay! I knew how to use a copier. It was a big copy machine, but all I had to do was push start, 
push stop, reload paper, and repeat. Right? Right? Okay. So, um, I used to do this in my previous job, but it was a little different. She came back 30 minutes later, later and soon discovered the copy machine was out for me, too. It was like an I Love Lucy episode. You know, the machine was beeping, green lights and red lights were going on back and forth. Paper was jammed, and then there were papers on the floor. Then there, were, there was trash next to the container. And she just looked at me. It was 10.55. I left the zoo at 11 o'clock. I called Byron at 11.30. It was his lunchtime. He answered the desk phone with a smile in his voice. He said, hey, how's it going? You on break? I said, no. He said, no. I said, no. He said, oh. I said, I'm home. He said, oh, you went home for lunch? I said, no. He said, what, wait? I said, I'm home. He said, home? I said, yes. They sent me home. My husband usually has a very calm voice. And this wasn't in his honeymoon voice when he responded to me. And I could see his face through the phone, and it wasn't even a uh, computer FaceTime. And he said, you didn't make it through lunch? (laughs) Praise God. We survived that Lucy, I Love Lucy episode. And 33 years later, while we're still walking, holding hands, walking through the community, we still laugh at that incident. But despite my initial struggles, the Lord had a better plan for me. The Lord blessed me with another job in line with my skill set, meeting people, sharing positive stories, working with charities and giving tours. When that position was terminated six months and one day due to the recession, I was blessed with God's favor, to receive a full severance pay. It turned into a down payment for our first home, just as our first child, Winston, was being born. Amen? Don't let go of God's hand. Had I let that I am limit me to my work or my mess-ups, three times I would have been non-existent. When I left my job for marriage, the second job for lack of qualifications, and a third job due to economic downturns. Faith is walking with Jesus, not seeing the blessing right in front of you. Family, our I am is not just about our work or our mess ups. There will be a fork in the road in your life. Wrong turns are going to happen, but it is easy to be discouraged, but you don't have to. Remember, Jesus is real. He knows the real you. He loves you unconditionally, and he will walk with you wherever you go. Not everybody in this church knows my I am's. Not everybody in this church knows your I am's. But I know all of our I am's are in this world for a reason. You are more than your successes more than your failures, more than your money, more than your bills, more than your work, more than your grades, more than your hobbies, more than your spouse, more than your children. He is everything. He is enough. And if you know Jesus as your Savior, he is your I am. And that means you have the strength to fight any battle, 
as long as you are walking with Jesus. Amen? No matter what you have done, he is your I am. Know who Jesus is. Know that he is there for you. Embrace your true identity, for you are a child of the king. And that is the best I am. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Lord, help us to see you when we walk. Lord, help us to be in a place where we can come to you and praise your name through any and everything that we do. Father, I know we can give it all to you. You are everything, Father, and you are enough. Amen. Welcome back. I hope you enjoy that message as much as I did. I'm all about identity, all about having discussions about forming ourselves according to who Jesus says we are. So uh, that was an encouragement and a really powerful message. But if there is anything that message that you are still kind of struggling with or thinking through and you would like some support, uh, feel free to reach out. The best way to do that is via the Church Center app with that Connect card where you can let us know um, how we can support you. Also, if you would like to take this opportunity to support the mission of God at this church, part of which is to reclaim our identity in Jesus, with which uh, Miss Marnice just talked so much about and so well about in this message. If you want to support God's work in our community to help us do that, uh, you can do that uh, by giving via the Church Center app or our website. I would encourage you to take that opportunity, even if it's your very first time giving. Uh, we can only do what God has called us to do because of your generous support. So thank you if you already have given that support. But I hope that you have a wonderful, blessed week. I hope that this week you let the Holy Spirit tell you who you are through scripture or prayer or through connecting to other people. Um, it's important that you stay rooted in that identity, just like Ms. Marnie's talked about. Uh, have a great week, and we'll see you again soon.